Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, we've got a guest, Bozar. This is exciting because yes. he's rugby league and he's one of my favorite uh, players. He is, and he's also played for your favorite team, correct? He and does. And you've had a personal experience with him as well, he haven't wants, you? Yeah, he once wanted to punch <laughs> my face in, but we've, we've, moved up, uh, we've moved on from that. Although, recently at a gig, he did bring a knife out on stage. So, okay, it's hard yes, to know. Happened. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the run home, would you please welcome uh, Newcastle Knights forward Adam Elliott to the show. Hello, mates. Afternoon, Adam. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me on. Doing a great job today. <laughs> you, totally, you haven't even been listening. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I think he has. I think he been has. on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, Adam, uh, before, we, before we get into it, how's pre-season training going? Yeah, really good. It's been, um, been real tough, but uh, especially now with you know, a couple of hotter days, but uh, our, our boys have come back really fit. Obviously, we finished last year on a bit of a high. Um, you know, about out disappointing, but we um, certainly want to make sure we hit the ground running. And I think a lot more teams will probably be, you know, preparing a bit better to play us this year. We sort of come out of the blue last year, and I think maybe a couple of teams had their guard down, and we might have shocked them. But you know, we can't expect any easy wins this year. I think everyone's going to turn up to play the night, so it's good the boys have turned up fit and ready to go. And and now, just before you sort of really start to sort of, you could say, put the accelerator on pre-season-wise, are, are you training every day of the week or is it three days a week? What, explain it to us in detail because a lot of people are interested in this. In this in how, and how, no, no, what time do you start? How, time do you no, 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 no. A lot of people are interested. There's, there's, there's now a, a different type of opinion. A lot of people, you know, normally you associate pre-season with a lot of long running. A lot of people are actually changing things around. Yeah. Uh, and and basically going into no going into the more match situations much earlier. What about you guys, Adam? What uh, what's been your program? Yeah, I, I speak to a few of my neighbours I bump into, and they, they say to me like, what, "What have you been doing all day?" I say, "I've been at training," <laughs> and they go, "But you left at six thirty this morning, and you're back at five pm this afternoon. What like you can't train all day, can you?" But they find ways to make sure you can. So we've been getting absolutely <laughs> um, ripped into up here. Like we've been doing. You know, three, three, I suppose you'd say physical sessions a day, like one, our wow. big field session with, and that's um, early few weeks is basically just uh, based around a lot of running. We don't do too much long distance stuff, but, um, you know, we'll do like a 1.2 kilometre test early days, uh, a lot of short, sharp running, but you know, stuff that is very specific to rugby league. Now we've got the footy in our hands. We're doing a lot of, um, you know, skill and opposed work under fatigue. And then we'll, we'll go inside, have a quick drink, quick sort of refuel, and go into either... We usually split into two groups and do a, a contact slash sort of wrestle session. Um, we'll be, say, the backs. And while, while they're doing that, the forwards are doing a... Um, 
a wait session and then we'll flip and then the t- uh, days like yesterday, they'll chuck in an extra sort of flexibility session, which you know, it doesn't sound like much, but it's another 45 minute session that you're locked in for. And then around those, you, you have, you know, your 15 or 20 minute video sessions here and there and your individual stuff that you're trying to work on. This is the best time of year to try and work on things that you're not too good at. So um, I'm always in the coach's office. I think that means it's probably a fair bit for me to work on. But um, yeah, you find yourself busy in there and, I actually heard a really good saying from, from one of my old trainers probably three or four years back that I'd throw out there to the younger boys now and, and I even just remind myself is that the days are long, but the years are short. So I think that's oh, you know really relevant for footy. Some of us are lucky enough to play yeah, 100 games. Right. Some might play 20 or 30, but you know days long, years are short. It's just a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. Adam, uh, here on the run home, uh, there's a big chat about training the house down. Um, every every preseason, we hear about one particular person at a club who's just training the house down. Is there anyone uh, getting around claiming that they're training the house down, or who's genuinely training the house down at the nights? All right, so you've just brought up two points. So genuinely <laughs> training the house down, but yeah. saying you are genuinely training the house down. There's two names straight away come to mind. <laughs> Bradman Best training the house down. Bradman Best right. always trains the house down fit as, strong as, you know, and doesn't shy away from a challenge, always up there ripping in. Love it. Um, this other bloke I'm about to mention, don't get me wrong, trains hard, competes, but, geez, he's, he's giving himself a rap coming into this preseason. Tyson Gamble, the punter, we call him punter. He's, um, he's rocked up in good nick. I think most people probably used to describe punter as like a, you know, tall, slim, skinny, you know, hard Willie worker. Mason. He's chucked on Willie a few Mason kilos now. He's throwing his weight around a little bit. Yeah, so um, what I wanted to ask you was about one of the new blokes, uh, Tommy Jenkins from the Panthers. Um, have you taken him down the beach? Because he wouldn't have seen a beach before in his life. Yeah, Milky, we, uh, we certainly make sure he puts the sunscreen on when he, when he heads out in the morning. He, uh, he's a Borrower boy. He's, uh, he's a good country boy. I, I love him. Um, yeah. Yet to get him down the beach because we haven't found him a rashy yet, but we'll get him a rashy and we'll get him down to Merriweather. <laughs> yeah, get, when you take him down, put him in one of those tents, you know, like the kids uh, get down there. You see those, you see those dads who are super keen. They've got like, as you said, they've got the full adult rashy on. They're inside one of those tents and they've got like enough zinc cream for an entire country uh, lathered up, and they don't actually even go near the water. Uh, that'll be him, <laughs> I reckon. And the and the hat with the flap at the back. Oh, nothing screams sex appeal like that, does it? Um, now, now, I, I, in terms of all the Newcastle Knights supporters, we've got one right here in Philpy. In your opinion, what can you do this season? Um, we, you know, we finished fifth last year, um, and I think it, it took us a long time to get our stuff together. But um, you know, if we can build on that, I'd, I'd be. You know, really hoping that we can find our way into that top four. I think that'd be a really big achievement for us and something that we're certainly setting the bar for. And you you're, you continuously want to be getting better and growing. And I think there's a fair bit of room for that in our team, which is what excites me and what what makes me think we can um, you know build on last year and go a bit better than last year. So obviously, don't want to be um, putting us on a pedestal and um, setting yeah, us up for nice. failure. But understandable. Yeah, quietly, quietly, you know, really hoping that we achieve that top four spot. Mate, you just mentioned about getting excited. Do you ever get excited in a cool room like I do? Um, <laughs> I was just mentioning I get quite aloof in a in a Dan Murphy's cool room. It excites me. What? Where's someone that excites you? Maybe your new house you're building with your lovely wife Millie. 
Well, the new house excited me until I got in the new house and the electricals didn't work and the bathroom oh, leaked. And, yeah, we've had to knock a few walls down and rip the kitchen out. But no, the new house excites me now that that's all done. Uh, a room that excites me. <laughs> uh, maybe the wrestle room. The wrestle, the wrestle, yeah, the room, wrestle room at Newcastle. It's always good fun getting in there. Is it like? Is it weird? Like, uh, or is there some people like it? Like, it sounds like you do <laughs> a bit too much. But um, who's not into the wrestle? Oh, I don't like wrestling in there. Oh. <laughs> 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 what are you doing uh, in there, you weirdo? Oh, you're just in the corner, are you? Ah, oh, filthy. Ah, oh, man, <laughs> filthy. No, I think, um, yeah, there's a few, mate. The silent achiever, Brody Jones, he's he's an axe. He cuts you in half. He loves that wrestle room. He starts licking his lips when we get that on the schedule. Wait, what about the two Pommy blokes uh, who we've signed? Of course, there was Leon Price and Kai Paul, uh, Pierce Paul, who's come over, unfortunately, got a bit of an injury. How are they uh, enjoying Newcastle? Yeah, well, I actually wasn't wasn't aware we signed Leon Price, but Will Price, his son's um, a great oh. bloke, and he's been a great addition <laughs> to the change room. So. That's a stitch up there from uh, Brooksy, but that's all right. You're right. You like, found I it. Should, I should have known that, though. Welcome um, to the show. And did did uh, Dom Young like happen to slip his little black book before he left, you know, with all the numbers of all the, all the, all the women in town that uh, <laughs> might like English folk? There's uh, no comment for that comment. <laughs> Adam, I'll change the subject for you, Adam. Tell us about your manager, Adam O'Brien, um, because he's relatively new uh, to being a, ma- a head coach uh, in terms of the NRL. Tell us about him. Um, tell us about your experiences with him and, and what type of what, what type of team that he likes to run. Does he like to run a real tight ship? Does he, does he delegate a lot? Tell us about him. Yeah, um, that was a big reason of um, me coming here. He, we had a... A lot of in-depth phone calls. Uh, I'd, I'd played under him briefly in a rep side uh, a few years beforehand, um, and so we, you know, g- yeah, got along. He's a, he's a really likable person. He's a he's a man's man. I think that's what we like about him. Um, and he, and he's got that really good relationship with the playing group. Um, but as a coach, last year is, is where I really got to see, um, you know, him come out. He, he had a bit of um, personal hardship last year. Uh, we also were under a lot of pressure as a team and a club. Uh, we were in the headlines a lot, but he just held solid, and I think that was a big reason to why we ended up having the success that we did at the back end of the year. Um, you know, no one, no one was frantic. No one, you know, got scared and started chopping and changing teams every second week when things things weren't going to plan, and we sort of stuck and um, showed a bit of faith. And I think those combinations that we stuck and showed a bit of faith to were the ones that really helped us string string a few wins together at the back end of the season. So I, I really like that about him. I know that he's the sort of coach that he'll be loyal to. If, if you're showing that you turn it up and you're working hard, um, you know, he'll be loyal to you. And, and that's certainly something I can respect. Mate, yeah, well, thank you very much for, had for joining seasons, us. Yeah, under him last season, exactly. Yeah. 14 wins, most wins as well since he's been at the club. Yeah, 100%. And it looks like we might re-sign him and hopefully Bradman best soon. Adam, thanks for joining us, mate. We'll let you get back to not wrestling in the wrestle room, but just whatever it is that you do in the wrestle room. Um, good luck for the rest of the se- uh, for next year and, uh, and the pre-season, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. And um, I'll see you in the wrestle room, Philby. Munro hits that straight, hits that long, hits it for six. Wow, what a shot. Munro brings up his 50 in style. He bowls to Munro, he's just whacked this. 
This one is over the fence. Again, over long on, off the back foot. Shorter delivery from Maxwell. See you later, ball. Bowls to Marta Slavishane, who hoiks this one. Down to deep mid wicket. What a great catch. Marnus Lavashane goes for 30. Bowls to Max Bright. Hits that through where first slip would be along the ground. Down to the boundary. Gets himself another boundary. He moves to 15. The Heat, after 20 overs, have made three for 214. Munro, not out. 99 to Maxwell, reverse sweeps this one, out, caught, three quarters of the way for the boundary to a, a deep mid-wicket. Stoinis on strike, faces Kuhnemann, catch, straight the short cover, he's gone, great delivery from Kuhnemann, short ball, whacked it straight to short cover. Swept it to Burns, Burns gives him himself some room but gets bowled in the meantime, bowled him, gone. The innings is over. Big win here by the Heats over the Stars. Yeah, it certainly was a big win and a great start to the BBL season. Our, our next guest is the current Golden Cap. Is it a Golden Cap? He's the cap, cap holder. <laughs> it's only been one game. But um, he had three wickets in a huge win. And he's on the phone right now. Heat spinner Mitch Swepson. Welcome to the run home. Afternoon, Mitch. Afternoon, guys. How are we going? Very good. Yourself? Yeah, going well. I might have to get that golden cap framed after the first game. That's a bit of a generous award, that one, after one game. Doesn't matter, Mitch. Doesn't matter. On, you know what, Mitch? Just turn around and say to Philby, how many golden caps have you got, buddy? <laughs> hey, Mitch, can you, have you, like, seriously, have you whacked it on today? Like, have you put it on, gone down, down the ships? No, I, down the ship? I actually haven't. No, I haven't seen the golden cap yet, to be oh, honest. So, um um, unless someone takes four for tonight's, in tonight's game, I'll be wearing it tomorrow night, uh, which will be uh, the first wear it'll get. So uh, looking forward to that, hopefully. You know what you should do, mate, is like just go for a run in it or go to the gym. Make it as filthy and dirty as because you're probably going to have to pass it on the sock. <laughs> Uh, uh, after tonight. So, yeah, so just get, get, get a photo of you in the nude or something with this year yellow with your golden cap on, and then maybe don't do that. Um, mate, what a cracking start! You were unbelievable last night. How are they feeling coming out of the hand? Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, they uh, feel pretty good to be honest. Always uh, a few nerves there first game of the season. Um, I think everyone gets that. So to get a, um, a couple of wickets there and contribute to a win was really nice, a nice way to start the season personally. And also for us as a team, we've got sort of three games, bang, 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 um, obviously going again tomorrow night. So to start with a win, um, yeah, everyone always talks about momentum in these competitions. It's a great way for us to start. So, yeah, last night was great. Uh, speaking about that, did it surprise you, Mitch, the ease of the victory last night? Yeah, it did. I mean, you look down their list, they had, um, you know, Two massive names in in Maxwell and Stoinis in their batting lineup. Um, a really good bowling attack with some overseas players that we hadn't really seen much of. So um, we thought they were, you know, going to be a really good opposition for us, a, a good test first up. And I think we sort of played the perfect game, and and they probably didn't have their best day. And when you put those two together, it sort of blew out a bit at the end there. But they're still a quality team and a dangerous team. So. Um, I, I'm, you know, other teams won't be looking at them lightly. I'm sure, even though that result last night, um, they, they've still got some serious players in that lineup. Mate, uh, for those people who didn't see the game, Colin Munro started with the bat, but he, he's on 98 and he chips the ball to get a single, 
And that puts Max Bright on strike with, uh, what, like four, three or four balls to go through. And now what you'd assume would happen is when you've got over 200 is that maybe Max Bright might just knock it for a single and let Colin Munro get his 100. But then what Max Bright does, which is actually great for the team, is hits three fours. And poor old, poor old Colin's at the other end on 99. Have, uh, have they spoken? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have spoken, Matt. And to be honest, I'll guarantee that Colin probably said uh, when Maxie was on strike, don't you dare try and get a single here, try and get us as many runs as possible. So Colin's that kind of guy, mate. He's, he's a team fella, and um, yeah, as much as he deserved 100 last night, um, he's probably more happy that we got the W. So he's, he's just one of those team-oriented guys, and um, he's a great fella to have in our group. And I think, look, somebody who's a cricket fanatic like I am, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say cricket tragic. It's not my number one sport. I, I think one of the highlights you have to say in comparing, say, T20 to Test cricket is that it is very much, uh, just like Mitch said, a, more of a team game. Yeah. That, that really is, is great evidence of it. If that was in, especially in the Test game, you know, you would, yeah. 100%, totally. he would try to get the single. But maybe even the opposition might say, here, give him a single to get his century. <laughs> but it really is a team game. And... And the other thing as well, it's you know, it's pretty much over, isn't it? Mitch? Within three hours, in terms of selling it to younger, a younger generation coming through, uh, yeah. and I wanted to get onto as well the momentum. Things can change very, very quickly, and and sort of a close game can end up being a little bit like last night, being very, very convincing if you get that momentum, can't you, can't it, Mitch? Yeah, hundred percent. There, um, I think the the shortness of the games and um, that three hour time slot really appeals to a lot of a lot of people in the Australian public. Really get around the big bash, so we love playing in front of the big crowds, and we know there's a lot of eyes watching. But yeah, like you said, it's it's high energy, hard, you know, fast paced, and um, if you slip up, it can make a big impact on the game. And um, you saw we took some early wickets there last night, and um, it just snowballed on the stars for them. And they sort of just took a plummet and we sort of ran with it and took the momentum of the game and it, and it really blew out. So hopefully hopefully we can keep doing that. Um, that'd be great if we can keep keep winning games with by 100 runs. I think um, that'd be <laughs> nice. But um, I, I dare say it won't be like that the whole tournament. Mate, do you... Uh, tall Paul Walter, um, bit of a cult figure. Um, and we did notice something yeah. about him. He, his pants looked like they were a bit too short. <laughs> did you? Did anyone? Was there any chat about that in the WhatsApp group? Um, someone yeah, we need to get no. He, he, he did say he did say this morning at the airport that uh, he's never played for a new team and not heard a commentator or someone in the crowd mention something about his pants being too short. So um, he, he, he's never found a pair of shorts that any franchise he's played for that have been long enough for him. So. He's a he's an absolute unit of a, of a man. Um, I'm glad he's on our team because it's a massive bomb, and he and he bowled some handy overs for, a handy over for us last night. So um, I'm glad he's on my team. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how we can go with sorting some extra extra long trousers for him. Could we do a shout out to like a Joe Angel or um, you know some of those former tallies that used to play? Like who else we got? Uh, Tom Moody. Tom, Tom Moody was pretty tall. There was a couple of big like Joe Angel was probably the tallest, wasn't he? Yeah, he'd still be. He'd have a pair of pants in his cupboard, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchy, let's move on. I'll, I'll save you here. Uh, Sixers are playing tonight. You're back in action, like you said, on a Saturday night tomorrow night against Adelaide, and uh, your ex teammate Chris Lynn will be uh, in the Adelaide side. Yeah, yeah, it's always um, always interesting coming up against against Linny. I guess we've all, well, most of us here at the Heat have played so much cricket with him. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to catch up with him. But ho- hopefully it's after the game, after a win and not after he's smacked us all around the park, which we've 
watched him do for the heat for so many years, and he obviously had a really good year for the strikers last year as well. So um, he's definitely one guy we'll plan for and come up with some plans to try and get him out early because yeah, if he hangs around, it can he can be a damaging batsman and um, one that can sort of take the game away from you. So um, we'll come up with our plans and try and get him out nice and early. Mitch, one other thing I noticed in this game, um, and you may have been busy at halftime, they call it halftime, change of innings, um, was the halftime entertainment uh, was a man with a jetpack on, uh, very reminiscent of the 84 La- Los Angeles Olympics. Um, you're, do you, you're probably all a bit too young to remember, but 84 Olympics, they had a man in a jetpack who flew over the stadium as part of the opening ceremony. And from that point on, Bozza, it felt like, like we were going to get jetpacks the next day. Like it was like, we're all getting jetpacks. I don't see another jetpack till the first BBL game last night. Did you happen to spot that? No, uh, you were right. I was actually out the back in the net getting warm and ready to go. I, I could certainly hear him. It was so loud um, from outside the stadium. So um, I'm not sure how loud it was inside the stadium. I, I, I missed it. But um, seeing some of the highlight packages, mate, that's just one of the things that the, the Gabba um, and the Heat crew, they love to, to make a show. Of it. And half times at, at Gabba games are always good entertainment and Rocket Man was um, just another, I guess, another <laughs> another way to, to bring, bring the entertainment back. So um, give the fans something to watch. But, yeah, I dare say there'll be a lot of parents um, trying to explain to their kids for Christmas why they can't get a jetpack um, under the tree <laughs> this year. Because I'm not sure they're that accessible. But, um, yeah, no, he was great. He's good. I'd love to see him just floating around up at the valley he in Brisbane, be, you know, be. just cru- cruising around with a jetpack. <laughs> um, mate, uh, I've got a, I actually have an initiative for, for the BBL because every year you come out and there's always a new thing that's coming here and there. Tra- basically, here it is. Every team gets Travis Head for one game, right? But it's only after a three-day bender. Why do you always want to change things around and this, that, and the other? Because the BBL's going great guns. Yeah, no, it is. But like yeah. they're, they're big on initiatives. I mean, we saw the jetpack, right? So I would love to see Travis Head. He has to go out for three nights in a row with no sleep, and then he has to play for every no, I, single I, team. I'd like to ask me, it, it, looking forward, say, five to ten years, in your opinion, Mitch, uh, you know, obviously 2020 is the future. Do you think that internationally there will be, a, a, a pro, like, you know, we say a proper calendar in terms of it being familiar with cricket supporters worldwide, knowing when these tournaments are going to be played, and more importantly, that all the best players will be available for them. Yeah, that's uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like, I think you, you don't want to lose format to the game because, you know, I mean, me personally, I, I still am a bit of a traditionalist. I love the Red Bull game, and uh, you don't want to see that go, and a lot of the best players around the world are still playing that, so it's, it's always difficult to get their availability in all of these competitions around the world, but it certainly is still trending in an upward direction, the, the shorter formats and people are, people are, you know, it's getting bums on seats, people are watching. So um, I certainly think it's got a bright future, the shorter format. And it, it, as long as they keep marketing it well and um, people keep turning up, it'll, it'll just get bigger and bigger. So I think the BBL does it really well. It's one of the better ones around the world and guys want to come and play in it. I think it's great now it's gone back to 10 games. I think the 14 games was a little long last year. So um, this 10-game one will be short, sharp, um, but high, high energy, high impact. You get a lot of the better players playing it, so it, it's um, it, it's really exciting. And um, yeah, hopefully it goes well this year. Yep. Well, we hope so as well. We wish you all the best for for Saturday's game against Adelaide Strikers. Yeah, mate. Thank you for joining us here uh, on the run home, Mitch. Put that cap on. 
get it dirty and then pass it on. <laughs> I'll get Thanks it on, John. I'll get it on. <laughs> uh, thank Thanks, you. Mitch Swepson there from the Brisbane Heat. Uh, currently, the well, there's been one game, boss, but three wickets. He, he's not going to undersell it. It's a good award. No, no, no. Hopefully, he hangs on to it. Oh, thank you, Amy. This is the run home with Joel and Fletch. Thanks to Hyundai. Uh, the Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. And MFP Easy voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. That is Boz. You can hear in the background. Who's... Philby, you've done a fantastic job, buddy. Thank Your you, energy mate. has been consistent and fantastic. Thank you, mate. It's the... And Brooksy and, and Alex, super they've as well. Been Great amazing. contributions. Really good. But, mate, I'm super excited about oh, this. I can't because wait. I've got my own segment. Now it's Time for this. What are you on about? On the run home, it's time to get some balls into the box with the B-Man, Mark Bosnich. Watch the UEFA Champions League live, exclusive and in 4K on Stan Sport. Oh, stitch up. This is meant to be my segment. I can tell Brooks is laughing his head. This is not your footy section yet. This is football, buddy. Oh, we're talking to football. We're talking to football. Another huge week in football. Uh, Midweek games in in the Premier League, Alex. And uh, we'll start off with with Australia's own Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham, who have lost... Their fourth game, unfortunately, Ooh. this morning. Can from I ask five you about games. this, Boz? Yeah. So fourth what... game in five after drawing. In, in, you know, the game that everyone thought they would lose and probably still should have was against Manchester City on the weekend and they performed really well and got the last minute equalizer. But ask your question. Well, so has Ange... <laughs> you basically Shut answered it there. <laughs> I was going to ask if Ange has the credits in the bank now because of the start mm. and obviously they've gone on this really disappointing run now of... Yeah. Uh, what is it, five games without a win? They've lost Correct, three in yeah. a row at home, which I don't think anyone expected to happen. No, exactly. Has, has he got the, the the money in the bank to ride this out? Well, I, I believe that he has, but I'll just give you an example. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer started off his career at Manchester United better than Ange, but he ended up getting sacked as well. So I, I, I will say this, so far as I'm concerned, I think he's... Look, the club was low last season. They finished eighth, worst finish that, that they've had for, for quite some time. Antonio Conte basically lambasted the club and the culture. Yep. And he's, you know, brought them up and made them feel good again about themselves, played some fantastic football. But it was always going to come a time uh, where they were going to go through a period when they had suspensions and injuries, which they've got, and to their better players, that they were going to go through this period. And as I said about Ali Solskjaer, who was actually, you know, was my next teammate. So, mm. and I said this on English TV. I want him to stay, and I believe he should stay. Same with Ange. But regardless of what the sport or what we're talking about, somebody continues to lose. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very difficult for, for the, in the end of the board to turn around and go, oh, okay. I mean, I think there was this guy called Uz Fischer who was at Union Berlin who got them into the Champions League, a team from nowhere, so from the German League, got him into the Champions League. But this season, um, they, they love him the best, but he went something like 16 or 17 games without a win. Eventually, they've sacked him. Of course. Um, and that would be the same. Now, they've got Newcastle on the weekend. Uh, this morning, I thought they started off really, really well. Um, but, the, you know, the bottom line is Ange, one of Ange's great strengths, and I sat next to him on a TV screen for four years, Brooksy, I think it was four weeks, uh, four years at Fox. Mm. Got to know him really, really well. Wonderful man, wonderful manager, in my opinion. But like all of us, it, it, he's got some good points and bad points. Now, what, one of his real good points, in my opinion, is his stubbornness. 
right? That's what one of the reasons why he's got so far in his coaching career. But that also can be a bit of a weakness when you get to a stage that you've only can only cut your cloth according to the, the players that you've got. At the moment with those injuries and suspensions, he can't play for 90-odd minutes, which it was, in my opinion, the way that he wants to play normally with a full-strength okay, team. Okay, so the game against City, did you see more pragmatism there? Was yes, there a change I did. in approach? I did. Three no, three? I did. I heard, I, I think it was Daniel Garb the other day, saying, oh, we did it. He's, well, no, he did tweak it, with the exception of free kicks against, when he still made, had that. But he did tweak it, especially at half-time when he brought on Hoiberg, uh, who was more of a defensive midfielder to sort of and, and to keep things a little bit more steady. Because in our game, it's a balance, right? Just like in all games, it's a balance. Yeah, you want to play attacking, entertaining football, but you've got to have people behind to make sure that as attacking and great football that you play, that, you know, it's just not, just not like a game of basketball when it's goals either way. And he did do that. And they didn't play as high a line against Manchester City. A little bit different this morning. I think against West Ham, they thought a little bit of a lesser team. Manchester City, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world. Um, they started off really well. Anyone who watched this morning, the first 20 minutes, I'm thinking they're going to win this four or five. Only went up 1-0. To be fair to West Ham, David Moyes, their manager, who won the European Conference League last season, they hung in there. And then by the time the end of the game come, they did look like the more convincing side. And it's, it's just worrying at the moment because I've got a stat. I took a picture for you as all earlier on today, if I can do it. So, I know that's Aston Villa. Oh, I got that. I got that one. You airdropped me. You know what? (laughs) I don't don't think... Tottenham are the first side in Premier League history to fail to win five consecutive games despite going up 1-0 in each of the match and also the only team in Premier League history to lose three consecutive home games despite going 1-0 up in each match. So that's a little bit concerning. But the biggest thing like I said for him is him to get his best players back. So that Van de Ven at the back, who's exceptional, we don't know how long he's out for. Hopefully, for Spurs' sake, it's January. And Madison as well, who actually said the other day he thinks his injury is a slow burner, so he doesn't know how long he's going to be out for. In, Bozzer, in terms of um, coaches being sacked and whatnot, the fans do have a lot of say. Well, the Tottenham fans, are they there? I remember at the start of the season, yeah. they're singing songs, they're singing to Ange Postacoglu. My son Robbie, walks around the house 100%, singing Ange Postacoglu. And Robbie, Robbie will Williams stop. changed his song, Ange Romero, to, to Ange. And, that, and it was a great start. And I think, like I said, because Spurs have got a culture of the past, as we know, Alex, are playing wonderfully attractive football, the years, not so much under Marine, but especially under Conte, playing that really negative football, really... It affected them in a yep. big way. So to see him play that attractive football that we've become accustomed to to Tottenham sides for the last 30 years and winning, having them at the top of the table, was a wonderful relief. But at the moment, like I said, they're going through a bad time. Manchester City are going through a bad time at the moment as well. So they've just got to pull themselves out of it. What are you going to say now? Well, I've got a question here from Dana Canberra on the text line. Bozza. Yeah. yeah. The other t- game this morning was Everton 3, Newcastle United 0. Yeah. And we've spoken about the Saudi investment into golf. Yes. They've driven Newcastle's run up the table and into the Champions League this season. But yep. what's doing with my beloved Newcastle United, says Dane, mm. can lift and match it with the top sides, but against the ordinary lesser sides, they're having trouble. Complacency, depth, both. Keen on your thoughts? Yeah, not complacency. 
Um, but one thing it is, and Eddie Howe, again, you know, played pretty much the same team that he played on the weekend. When you have this amount of games in this short period of time, so you're talking about three games a week, and you're in the Champions League as well for the first time, you've got to have the the courage, really, to change. Even if, you know, it, Phil P might say to me, look, I feel fine, Boz. I go, yeah, but listen, we've got another game in three days' time. No, I'm I no want good you, for that. I want <laughs> you. No, no, you you might feel great, in this, but I want you to, to sit that one out. Yeah. Right? Because in, in a week's time, we've got a Champions League game, which they have, against AC Milan that we need to win. And he's not yet... He's never done this before, Eddie Howe. And that can sometimes come down to depth. I I spoke about that with the depth of the squad. But I think as well, a lot of of managers these days, especially at the bigger clubs, are reluctant to use youngsters. You've got a youngster and all that there that's ready to go. You'll never lose out with youngsters. They'll give you 110% effort. They might not play unbelievable, but you know that you can rely on them. And this is... One of the great things about the Premier League, and it's becoming more and more, and this is why it's so open this season, the more successful they are, the more games you play. But the more games you play, the more chances you've got of injuries, and especially now when it gets into the winter months when it's really, really cold weather. So that's what I think is the problem at the moment with Newcastle. They've got so many games. They've got Tottenham on the weekend. And then, like I said, they've got AC Milan, which they have to win if they have every chance to go to progress through to the Champions League knockout stages. Same with Manchester United. And Manchester United, for all the talk about people saying how they've not played well this season, you know, there's still four points out of the top four, or three points rather, from fourth position, which is, is amazing considering, considering the season they've had thus far. Another one of my old teams, best performance I've oh. seen them in, in years. In years, I would say, beating Manchester City the other yeah. day. Absolutely amazing performance. And that was another thing I took a picture of, Brooksy. Aston Villa had 20 more shots than Manchester City in their win the other night. 22-4 and two against. That's the most ever a Pep Guardiola team, so that's either Barcelona, Bayern Munich, or now is that Man City, right? Has been outshot in a match in the big five European leagues. So that's in his 535th such games. So that was an amazing performance by Aston Villa, who are looking really well. But again, they're in Europe as well. So you're playing those three days. Match day six is next week. That's going to be it then until February for the European games. That'll be just concentrating on the league games. But it, it means that you have to have pretty much two players for every position. And I want to ask you, I want you to tell me about Arsenal, Alex, yeah. and I want <laughs> you to tell me about Liverpool. Because they're two other teams who I believe uh, well, I, I well, believe. One it's, two. Well, yeah, but I and I believe, obviously, obviously, strong contenders. We've pretty much gone through everyone else for the title of the season. Start of Arsenal. Yeah, they've been. I'll use that word again, haven't they? Functional, and they keep winning games that they traditionally don't. Mm. If you, if that makes sense. So yes. they're winning the hard-fought games, Makes which 100 was million the percent. problem. Which was the problem under Mikel Arteta at the start of his reign was that they were losing those those scraps. Mm the ones that they were expected to win and actually caught them to the end of last season as well, that when they led City for so long, they got so close and people call them bottle jobs and all that sort of thing. I don't know about that, considering how relentless City were uh, towards the end of last season. But I think they've got the, a chance to go a step further. Of course they do, because I don't think City are quite as strong this year. And I was, it was interesting, I was listening to a podcast during the week about what the winning total 
will be for points this year, where City have been racking up 95, 96 points. Oh, that might not... One year they got to 100. Exactly. Yeah. So that's not going to be the case this mm. year, is it? Do you think 90 points, if Arsenal can get there, and I think they can, mm. that will that be enough to win them the league? Oh, I think more than enough. I think more than enough. The, the, the thing is with Arsenal, they're in the Champions League for their first time in, I think, seven or eight seasons, Philby. So... That means, like I said, the Champions League is the premier competition for everything you can yep. think of. And ironically, the further you talking about handicaps, the further you go in that competition, it could hamper them in the league. In the But Liverpool are in the Europa League. Yep. They're looking very, very strong. They've only lost two games all season, by the way. Can I ask you about this? Because Jurgen Klopp blew up at a report. I wanted, yeah, the and week. I wanted to ask Philpy and Brooksy how they would feel. Exactly, you oh, just read my sorry, mind, mate. I didn't realise you guys knew we yeah. were here. <laughs> You've been staring I've, into each other's eyes I've for the last four car minutes. I've put some more in the meat up. No. <laughs> well, just replaying the moment when no, you're on, it's, that, well, it's on beautiful. that ship and everyone thought you were a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I want Alex to tell this story. So, so uh, yes. Jurgen Klopp was on, on the panel after their, after their team... Uh, a win against, I think it was it Sheffield United. Yeah, against Sheffield United. Yeah, against Sheffield United. And the commentator, the com- you know, the main commentator on, on, on the panel, just turned around and made a bit of a joke about the amount of, because he's been kicking up a stink about the amount of games that, that, that they've been playing. This is what's contributing to a lot of players having serious injuries. Yeah. And he just, the, the, the anchor just made a bit of a joke about it to him. He, he let fly at him. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're heading to a break. Listen to the run home. We'll see you soon. Hey, we've got another guest and one that we actually semi-forgot about. Uh, but I don't oh, know how. Tremendous. I don't know how because he's... You know a- how if I was a guest and you said that, <laughs> that you semi-forgot about me, you know what I do? I put the phone down. Did you, would you go Jurgen Klopp on me? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> You've yeah. disrespected even, me. Even worse. Yeah. It doesn't matter because no one could ever forget Sean Maloney, of course. He's a great, great mate yeah, of yours. Yeah, he is. Well, he is. Yeah, we work together at the same... Uh, Stan Channel 9. So, he's yeah. a Stan rugby commentator. I wonder a- where he is now. Great. He was in France for about six months. and now Where is he now? Sean Maloney, hello. Where are you? <laughs> I was going to put the phone down, but then I heard the dulcet tones of Mark Bosnich. Ah, yes, sir. <laughs> Save you there, Philby. How are you, buddy? But I'm in Cape Town at the moment, so I'm looking at Table Mountain as we speak. Wow. The sun's hammering down, and it is one of the great cities. Cape Town is awesome. Very, very true. Very, very true. Now, you're there for the Rugby Sevens, correct? I am, I am, I am. So, man, I've come down from Dubai last week where I watched the Aussie women go to town on their opponents. So, our Aussie women are absolutely flying at the moment. The series got started uh, a week back there in the desert. We've got seven stops around the world culminating in a, a run around in Madrid. So, uh, it's all happening and the Aussie women could not have been better. Oh, excellent. I, I, that's great you explained that, Sean, because I wanted to explain that a lot of our listeners that don't actually know that this sevens tournament is, is, is really good. They go to like these places all around the world and then they culminate it with a final series and this time it's in Madrid. It's a, it's a wonderful occasion. And um, what are we looking forward to in Cape Town, Sean? Well, we're looking forward to the Aussie women hopefully jagging another win. They were so good last week. They put away New Zealand who are on a 41-game win streak. 
in the final up there. Uh, we've unearthed one of the best players in the world in the form of um, Matty Levi. A superstar. Post, just 21 years of age, and he's scoring tries for fun. And her sister, uh, team was the MVP last week in that final as well. So those two are absolutely charging along. Charlotte Kazik's killing it as she always does. She's on the household names of rugby across the country. Uh, and then on the men's side, mate, the men's side, they've got to bounce back. They weren't great last week, but there was just a couple of games where just a couple of tiny things went wrong that cost them really badly. And I'm expecting them to go super here in uh, South Africa. Hey, um, mate, I want to, I want a quick question here. You know, the new recruit, uh, that the Sydney Roosters have signed for next season. Uh, yeah. Yep. He, he wants you to pronounce yeah, it. Sure, go I can for tell. it. Yeah. Come on. on. What do you got for me? Go on. Well, I've been I've been it. lucky enough to I've been lucky enough to call Mark Nwangani to us here for about four <laughs> yes. or five years now. So yeah. his surname rolls off my tongue, and uh, and I'm gutted he's going. I'm so gutted because he's such a phenomenal player. Uh, he's hugely marketable. The kids love him. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a time where. Some of our Wallabies uh, have struggled to sort of break through on that front. I'm not talking about playing and the rest of it, but I just mean in terms of marketability. Uh, Marky Mark, as we also like to call him, uh, sort of shot through. So it hurts, fellas. It's things leads off to the Roosters, but I, I wish him well. I hope he kills it over there in rugby league. He's such a good kid. He's so grounded. He's so respectful of the game, of people in and around it. Um, it's a big loss. If you would have a guess as to how much he would score in a game of Scrabble, just for his last name, how many points would you guess? <laughs> uh, I've got the answer. If you'd like to have a guess, go on. You can do it. I think you just, I think you just walk off, don't you? Like, that's, that's, that's the mic. Please, later. Thanks very much for the game, guys. I'm uh, out of here. Sure, you know what I was saying was uh, his surname is that long that when he signs into an RSL club, he's already outside the 5Ks. <laughs> this, is really, this is why you want our best comedian. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's honestly, so it's, Thank you, <laughs> it's such a beautiful surname to get right because um, it just flows like it truly does. When you hit it right, it flows off the tongue. Uh, and he's and I've caught up with him. Obviously, spent a lot of time with him over the years. And he said that um, at its worst, at its absolute worst, uh, a ground announcer just gave up and just started calling him Mark Nequantus. So uh, <laughs> there's that. So if you can see clear of that, we're okay. Uh, now, uh, back to serious stuff, Sean, on to the Wallabies. Uh, let's look forward, okay? I, I think that's very, very important that the game does that. The appointment of a new coach is going to be a very, very important uh, uh, appointment indeed. Which way are you leaning? If, if you were in Phil Wall's shoes, which way would you lean? Oh, it's, man, that's such a good question. So what's going to happen now? They're going to appoint a director of high performance will, who will then come in and then oversee the eventual appointment. So they're kind of setting up a bit of a buffer there and putting someone in who'll essentially take responsibility for that process. So uh, in terms of which way we're leaning, Boz, I don't care which way they lean, but we need someone who goes in who's humble, who can reconnect with Australian, not just Australian rugby fans, but with the Australian sporting public in a way that says, look, you know, we're underdogs, it's okay, we're, we're rebuilding, but come along for the ride with us. Like, we want you to be a part of it. We know we've been off our best. We can do away with the hostility. We don't need any of that anymore. We need humility, code, and from the national coach. So they're going to need to sell that to, uh, to win back Aussie rugby fans, and then maybe we can try and pick back a couple of the uh, sporting fans from the more general things. 
Oh. And and is it, is it does it matter to you about the he's whoever he's going to be his previous experience or you know, would you rather it be Australia uh, or you don't care uh, or you know what, what's, I mean, obviously what's that's going to help but I tell you what I don't care about boys I don't yeah. care where the candidate comes from I don't care okay. what nationality they are if they're the best person for the job and they can do some of that stuff I just touched on then I'm all on board. Mate, Very interesting. Brilliant. Thank you uh, so much for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of rugby. You can catch the Rugby Sevens live on Stan, which continues this weekend Stan in Cape Sports, Town. Stan, Stan Sports. Sports. Stan Sports. Sean Maloney, thanks for joining us.